that aside for just a moment, I, I found it really interesting that earlier Raj said, you know, explore these things, do it cautiously maybe, slowly maybe. And it's interesting, I, I feel like many people are sort of afraid of some of these forms of creativity, um, you know, whether it's different, completely different genres of music even, right? Or, you know, dance or um, different kinds of art. Um, so what would you say would be some good boundaries or maybe guidelines? Because I, I do think people are a little bit afraid of, oh, is this too far? Have we gone too far? You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I do know that that fear is a real thing in people's minds. So, Yeah, I think a, a big part of what would indicate that something has gone too far is if the creative aspects, the art aspects, would start drawing focus away from the message and from God to draw more attention to the performer than to the creator. And um, we, we homeschool and we've been talking to our children recently. We've been studying uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. And there was an interesting story about him that we read where he was playing organ at this church. And, and I told my children that Bach was the first contemporary Christian artist because his church came to him and said, wait, this is, we, this is not the right kind of music for church. You know, a Bach is not appropriate in church. <laughs> they felt that he was too showy and too, he was, it was too, uh, too fancy and over the top. And it was drawing attention to his organ playing and the people had quit singing the hymns. Um, so when, and so he was actually fired from that church because his music was too much for them to handle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when it, and, and I don't know, maybe, I don't know what his playing was like. Maybe it was drawing focus. And if it was, then, then it has, it should be dialed back to be, you know, keep the focus on, uh, on the worship and on God um, and not on the people performing. Because when it comes to be a point where, I go to this church because they do these great creative presentations and I really love to watch the show. Then it's probably gone too far. I think too, that the, in the world of theater, the first rule of theater is know your audience. And I think this is applicable also within the church. You have to know your audience and who it is that you are leading to worship. And so you know, you understand what it is that, that will be too far for them. And so often a way that you can figure this out is just to start with small steps, integrate small things, and then see how they react. And then, you know, continue to build from there. Because understanding the audience that we have, that we're serving, really that's the key issue right there. I feel like when you're thinking about what is too far, besides what Craig asked, obviously if it's drawing focus from, from God himself, but the very next thing is what are these people ready for or, or what would serve them best? Uh, because if you have a congregation that's not ready for that, it's, it's so outside the box, it will be shut down really before you have the opportunity to really serve in that way. So starting with baby steps and understanding who, who your audience in a sense is, is very helpful. 
Yeah, and I, I, in you know, in the theater world, we and the arts world in general, we see people who try to be so innovative that they um, really push the envelope of acceptability, and they do it on purpose. You know, they're attempting to offend on purpose or attempting to rouse anger on purpose, and I think that aspect of art, if we, if we go that far in the church, that we're trying to do something that will shock people because it's not been done in a service before, we're doing it for the wrong reason. The reason we want to introduce creative and new and fresh is to make the message clearer, to make the message deeper, to make the message resound more with the people yes. who are experiencing yes. and not to push them out of their comfort zone just for the sake of saying, hey, look, we pushed them out of their comfort zone. Right. Uh, if it didn't enhance their understanding and their experience, then it, it was for naught. That's so good. Um, a couple of practical things that I've done that have been really helpful, uh, and some of this I've learned from my pastor. Um, Heather, I agree with you. Start small, certainly. And if that's accepted, then take another small step. And after you take 10 small steps, you've taken three pretty giant steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just requires some patience. And so you know, just think, okay, in the next two or three months, what's one thing we could do? And then if that goes well, do something else. If it doesn't, then maybe back up a little bit or do that thing again. And so just those kind of small steps really do help and will lead to bigger steps. As, as people buy in, as their, as their worship encounter with God is enriched, they will give more permission to do more things because now they trust that creativity can enrich that experience. And so you have to build trust, I think, with your audience, so to speak. Um, the other thing that's been really helpful for me, and, and Tim, our, our pastor, uh, helped me with this, is if it's not a Sunday morning service, we can do almost anything because people are coming back for a special event and they expect things to be different. So when th- people expect things to be different, do something different. And we've done things that are really different. Um, and again, not to draw attention to themselves, but to draw attention to... Th- we did a... Um, a dramatic production on Palm Sunday of 2019 that we called A Week in an Hour. And we recreated the resurrection appearance of Jesus. He came out of a tomb. We used a smoke machine. We used creative lighting. Our church had never done anything like that. While that was happening, we had three ladies doing sign language to the song Arise My Love. And the congregation was on their feet before Jesus came out of the tomb applauding the resurrection. And then Jesus came out and I thought they were going to lose their minds. (laughs) Now for us to do that on a Sunday morning before that would probably have been too much, but for us to do that on a Sunday morning, this Easter, Easter of 2021, two years later would not be too much because we've now experienced something like that. And the church resonated with it so deeply that they kind of then give us permission. Okay. Yes. Do that. And and getting that kind of buy-in um, experientially gives us the possibility of going another step. And, and I don't think we're trying to outdo ourselves. I don't think we can. You know, we're never going to create a sunrise. We're just not that good. But we can still do, as we become more like God, we can create more like God. Mm-hmm. And so the possibilities, I think, are tremendous. I think uh, the scripture presentation is a great place to start like a really practical, smaller step is to begin to incorporate some creative things like drama or lighting or sign language or dance into scripture presentations in the service. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's one little small baby step I could maybe try here, maybe start with that. 
Yeah, even something as simple as if you're reading a passage that has multiple speakers, you know, multiple characters, that you have multiple people read and read the different parts separately. And they don't have to act it out. They don't have to physically do anything. Just a different voice for each part is a, is a baby step. Right. Not like making up voices like I do right. for Gollum in The Lord of the Rings <laughs> for my kids. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another thing that you can do is thinking about the visual art that you have at the building where you meet. Uh, this is an easy way, and there's there's so much excellent Christian art available. Um, the the beauty of something that we gaze upon. Um, I think of some of the Decani paintings that he has done. I mean, these are beautiful works of art hung in a foyer of a church, where somebody can just look upon them and and gaze at the beauty of what is trying to be communicated. That's an an easy way to do that. Another thing I, I want to suggest is that utilize the resources that are available to you by film. So let's say you think, you know, we cannot do even, even a skit. We just, we don't have the talent. We, we, it would take too much time, whatever. Well, there are tons of resources available that you can just play a video clip of somebody else who has the time and the talent and the excellence to pour into it and utilize those within your service. That's often a really good, like, you know, leeway into a live thing because we're already fairly familiar with the art of film. And so it can be utilized within the service, I think really well. Check on licensing agreements for things like that. Just be careful to be um, full of integrity and follow the law. Uh, there are websites like worshiphousemedia.com where, um, at least right now, even streaming licenses are coming free with the films that you, you buy there. Um, there's a, a service called CVLI, which is a variation on CCLI. So if you wanted to show movie clips from major Hollywood um, kind of releases, uh, which could be Christian film or it could be, uh, you know, a mainstream film, um, just CVLI will cover almost all of those. But just... Be careful to, to just honor the people who generated that art by getting the proper licensing. We, we have talked previously about trying to patronize the arts. Don't undermine the artists yes. by stealing content and just, yeah, just have integrity with all that. I would, I would simply add. And I love that. If you haven't, we've, we've referred to it on the podcast before, but it's been a long time. If you haven't seen the, the original TV series that is now out on Roku and online called The Chosen, um, that's a beautiful kind of source of, of biblical storytelling um, yes. that you could use in a worship gathering. You know, if, this, if the preacher's preaching on this particular, instead of reading the scripture, play the clip of that story being acted out by these mm-hmm. unknown actors in really, really well done acting and settings. Uh, and then that's your scripture reading for the day. And so, yeah, I, I love that idea, Heather, of, of pulling in film of all kinds to use and creativity. Mm-hmm. We have so much more and to I, get to help us. Both. I think we've mentioned before the skit guys. Also, a yeah. lot of churches yes. use their videos. They have mm-hmm. really funny, uh, short clips of skits that um, a lot of churches use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have some that are longer, which are amazing. Uh, but you have to have time. So just yeah, navigate, navigate all that. But skitguys.com is the website for mm-hmm. skit guys, and they're they're really very talented dudes. And I want to to reiterate what you just said about 
you know, doing what is right in the way of paying for these pieces that, or whatever mm-hmm. is needed. I mean, we, we eat by this. We feed our family by this art. And so behind every piece that you're utilizing that has been produced, somebody's feeding their family. Uh, so anyway, just something to remember. Yeah, the church should never be an organization that steals. And if we're not using licensing and that kind of sort. Now, if somebody gives us something, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm perfectly fine with us giving stuff away and receiving gifts. But we should never steal. And, and when we violate copyright law, essentially that's what we're doing is we're, we're thieving. Exactly. And God's not really all that excited about us doing that. So, yeah. 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 All right, Bethany, what's next? Well, what would you say to a worship leader or maybe someone on a worship team that's listening to this podcast today and they think, man, this would be so amazing to incorporate, but I just don't know how to do that. Or I can't do this all by myself. What, what sort of suggestions would you give them to try to build a team or gather other people in their congregation or maybe even outside of their congregation um, that they know who are, you know, into this kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that artists love to, to create their art. So uh, just beginning to put the word out and say, you know, we're, we're thinking about adding more creativity into worship. If you're interested in that, let us know. Or if you have a talent that you're interested in in sharing, let us know. Because they want to do it. They are looking for opportunities. Both, you know, artists that are followers and artists that aren't always want to be creating. And so just putting the word out, I think, is the first step. I think, too, um, maybe this is the reverse of that, but looking at, what uh, talents and and abilities you already have within your congregation, what's there, and then imagining what can we do with with what we have, Mm -hmm. as opposed to setting a goal for we really want it to look like this and then trying to find somebody who can do that. Who do we have and what can they do? And what could could God do with that talent in our worship service? Um, Because he may have already put someone, you know, in your, in your midst that, he wants to see grow in this area and contribute. I love that so much. And it just makes me remember so much of what we need to do as leaders is know our people. And if you don't know that you have a award-winning photographer in your church or an experienced community theater person in your church, then you're not going to know to ask them to do those things. So just a simple leadership to get to know your people you know, mm-hmm. go, go to lunch. If it's a, if it's a guy with a girl, take another guy or another girl with you and go to lunch and have a conversation. You know, what, what do you love to do when you're not at work or when you're not at church? And it's amazing what you can find out. And you probably have very talented artists in your congregation that happen to be introverts and they're never going to speak up and say, yep. I do this thing. Could I do this in a service sometime? Mm-hmm. Yep. But the flip of that is if you bring somebody from outside your church to do the thing that they're sitting there in your congregation and they have that skill, it's very hurtful. So that, I mean, that is a caution there. Although sometimes you, you don't have the skill that you feel like God has given you a vision for this thing and you don't have anybody here who can do this. And then there are 
you know, lots of great opportunities to bring other people in. And I love when churches work together because we are the church, right? So when we can work together to utilize the skills that, that members of one church has to help another church, I mean, that that's beautiful too. But first, making sure that you're utilizing what's already been provided there within your congregation. Yeah, and I think one easy way to just avoid that is any if you're searching the community for a very particular skill, you know, you're looking all over the community for an oboe player, make sure at least that you're announcing that to the congregation as well. Hey, we're looking for an oboe player so that they know that there's a need there that maybe they can answer the call. If you're in the Kentucky region, uh, I would just encourage you to, if you are looking for something like this, to reach out to Craig and Heather. Their website is Arts Alive. KY, like the state of Kentucky, artsaliveky.com. And then I would also mention on Facebook, the Soki Worship Community Facebook page is often a place where people post that they are looking for certain, you know, drummer or keyboard player. Um, and then One Church Movement. Um, if you're interested in songwriting, the One Church Movement has their songwriters group that routinely gets together and writes songs together. So right there, you have some um, resources here in the Kentucky, more southern and more south central, <laughs> I don't really, southern or south central Kentucky region. Uh, but also, I, I bet if you're listening to this and you don't live uh, near us uh, here in Kentucky, that there might be some things that exist like that in your town. Maybe look around for that. Talk to some people who are worship in worship ministry in other churches. And if, if you're fairly positive that nothing like that is going on in your town, maybe start something like that. I also want to say that when you're putting together this team, it's, it's helpful uh, either you or, or commission someone to do this, to have sort of a vision for it. Uh, artists are, are very creative, but it's helpful for them to have sort of a track to run on, uh, especially to, to keep it within the confines of what we theologically believe. Um, you know, if they're presenting a dramatic piece or really any type of piece, you want to make sure that it's staying within what you're trying to communicate and what, what your church believes about specific things. So artists being given a track and a timeline, a deadline, because artists need deadlines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they need you to check back in with them. They need you to encourage them. They, they need constant encouragement for, for all it looks like an artist is a prideful individual at, at, at the core Many, many, many times, most of the time, they have low self-esteem and, and do not believe that their art has ever reached the, the place where they could even share it with others. So they need deadlines. They need encouragement. They need tracks to run on. Here's what we're trying to communicate. And there are visionary artists, I, I, I think, that can help you set that vision. But, but having a vision for here's what we're trying to do or here's what we're thinking and then them understanding what it is that you want from them, very clear expectations. And then they can be creative all within that. But, but those things. And the other thing that I think of when you're adding artists, creatives to your, your team to 
to add to worship, you want to also set your artist up for success. And we do that by previewing what it is that they are going to present uh, before it is before a congregation of people and we are leading them in worship. Uh, that set, like just hearing a piece from an artist before they do it in front of, you know, a large gathering allows you to say, that's excellent. Great. I'm so excited for you to do that. And it gives them the confidence and encouragement they need to present it in, you know, in front of the larger group. But it also gives you the opportunity to say, this might need a little bit more work. You know, why don't, why don't you work on this a little bit more? Let me look at it again next week. Because if you put an artist out there and it is poor quality, it's not going to be good for the artist or for the congregation. We want to set people up for success. So that's so excellent. Those are amazing, um, very, very detailed, specific things, but it's true. Uh, and really, it's true for a lot of things in life, but especially when you're working with artists, uh, as you said, to give them a track to run on, an ideological you know, track or vision or theme, give them deadlines to meet, so a time frame that within which they need to finish, encouragement as most likely they are feeling a little unsure or not very um, confident in themselves. And I think another one is the, the time frame, like how, a time limit, right? That's why we practice songs so we know how long they go so that we, we don't end up, you know, making the service three hours accidentally. Yes. And you should practice speeches. You should practice dramas. You, all of these things need to be practiced. And, you know, sure, sometimes things just go over, you know, sometimes that, that happens. You get caught up in the moment or the Holy Spirit just steps in and says, actually, you know, this needs to go on longer. And I would hope, you know, people who are in leadership of churches do um, are open to that and sensitive to that happening. However, I think the the, the best way for artists to be received well is to be respectful of that time, time frame uh, boundary that they're given and then work within that. Mm -hmm. So good. Both of you. Thank you. Golden. Worth the whole price of the podcast, whatever you paid for it, that was worth <laughs> it right there. Anything um, else? Bethany? I just Briefly want to touch on film, you know, you talked about videos earlier, like being able to use other people's videos. Um, but would you give any advice to people who, you know, because of COVID, many of our services have now gone online completely or primarily, you know, there may be people that still have not come back to in-person services uh, personally, even though their church may be meeting that way. Um, would you give any advice to uh, worship leaders or, you know, creative people who love worship uh, to give them some ideas to um, incorporate some things into the worship time that are pre-recorded, like videos or film? And do you think that's helpful? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, one one element of leading people to worship is this communication, clear communication, and then also community is a part 
of our church gathering. And so one just little quick thing I can say that I think is helpful is when the pastor often looks directly at the camera so that when you're sitting at home, you feel like he's looking at me. He's talking to me. Uh, That is altogether different than listening to someone who never looks you in the eye. Uh, And then I really love how some churches allow for the, the written, you know, text response back as a live thing is happening because that is allowing people to respond in a live way and builds community. So those two things I think of really quickly, Um, but definitely the use of film and, you know, almost every teenager now has an iPhone with iMovie on. It's crazy. Right. What we have in the palm of our hand, what we have access to. And uh, our daughter just graduated with a film degree and we were shooting some, some movies for our ministry. And we had had this really nice camera that had been bought specifically for this. And we shot some footage with the nice camera and then she pulls out her iPhone and she says, look, I'm going to do it with this. And she uses, and I want you to know that at the end of all of the editing and everything, what was taken on the iPhone was better than the nice camera. And she was showing us, you know, here's what you can do with this. And here's what you can do with that. And we all have access to this in our hand. And maybe we don't know how to, you know, use all of these tools exactly, but we can use them and we can learn to use them better. And this is something that you can really utilize the young people in your congregation with because they know how to do it. They know how to upload the video. They they understand all of these things and it gives them value and lets them do what they already know how to do. And so that has, you know, obviously multiple things that are good with that, but, but the use of film is good because you can, you can create something and then tweak it before it ever gets to the audience. So whereas live, you know, we, we say in the world of theater, film actors aren't really the real actors, you know, they don't have the real. <laughs> uh, this is a big debate, you know, but theater actors, like you got one shot, you're there live in front of the audience and you make it or you don't. Whereas with film, you can take a shot, nap, nap, cut, Let's do that again. Let's do that again. And so that's very helpful when you're producing something for the worship service because you can utilize people that aren't as gifted, that need several times to get it. You know, you can turn the camera. You can change the lighting. You can do things to help elevate the skill level of your people. So uh, definitely I think film can be useful in that and in so many other ways. I'm kind of curious. I haven't really done this yet, but it's just piquing my interest. I want to think as a worship planner or a worship designer, I want to think about worship as like in storyboarding. Mm -hmm. If I just think from beginning to end, from left to right, and I storyboard the whole service, what story am I telling? And that's Mm -hmm. a filmmaking kind of, um, of technique. Technique. And then if, if we can, if we can tell the gospel as the film narrative, or the storyboard is to tell the gospel. And I don't mean, uh, you know, Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus rose again. Will you have a relationship with Jesus? That's always a part of the gospel. The gospel is so much bigger than that. So if we were just to say, this is 
we're going to tell the gospel story today and storyboard that and think as a filmmaker. And then which pieces of that can we use literally film that we have, or do we film the whole thing and we really treat it like it's a sitcom or a drama on TV? You know, this is us has some of the most amazing writing ever, but their story isn't as good as our story. So why couldn't we think like filmmakers and, and that creativity and the, and the way that we think about planning worship might have possibilities now that it hasn't had before because more people are watching church as film, so to speak, right now than are watching it in person right now globally. And I just, I, I don't know what to do with that. It's just something that's really interesting to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think one caution I would have with that is if the if the entire um, presentation becomes a presentation, a film presentation, then you're limiting participation. Yes, good word. You've got to find some kind of balance between the two because if everything we do becomes presentation, then we're not actually interacting with people. Um, we're not drawing them in. We're just they're just watching. They're just the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's almost like the sing-along version of The Lion King, where you go to the theater and you've got the lyrics on the bottom and you're, I mean, that, that's a goofy example, but they're inviting, yeah. like they create, Disney created an entire film based on a story that was already successful, but in a way to create participation for the audience. And so absolutely to find ways to engage, not just so that people pay attention, but that so people enter in is, is a great word, Craig. Thank you for that. Yeah, we, I talked to a young man the other day, and I asked him if his church had started back to in-person meetings yet, and he said, yes, but frankly, I don't think I'm going to go. He said, I mean, I'm just, I don't have to get dressed up. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to pay to eat out after church. I don't have to you know, talk to any people in a, a weird, awkward way. I can just sit here on my couch in my pajamas and watch the church service. And I thought, how sad is that? You've missed so many of the elements of church, that it is community, it is fellowship, it is engaging, it is standing for a holy God, worshiping him. And so we've got to, if there are a lot of people, and I think that there are, in his same position that are like, look, I'm just watching this from home now, we have got to make these online services as engaging as possible, which is what I was saying about the the pastor looking in the camera. I'm talking to you sitting there on your couch, the pastor even speaking in such a way that he's saying, hey, you there at home, using words like that so that we know that we're drawn in. I even say like the camera, a lot of these online churches are only showing what's happening on the stage, so to speak. We've got to include the people sitting there so that they're seeing, look, there are my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's Elma. You know, look, there she is in the second row. I need to give her a call. You know, I haven't talked to her in a while. They need to be able to see there are my people. There's my community. If I'm not there with them, I at least need to be able to see them. So just thinking through what are we showing them? And it's more than the teacher on the stage. It's more than, you know, the worship leader there with with his guitar. We want to show them what all of what church is and draw them in to it. And I'm not saying that I know the the best ways to do that, but I think that's how we need to begin to think that we can't lose these people sitting at home on their church. We've got to be creative or or on their couch. I'm sorry. Got to be creative in the ways now 
that we use these online services to still draw them in to a real right then worship of a holy God and the community that is the church. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, we are the church. Exactly. I mean, that, that's the charge to, to us right now, I think, as we seek ways to figure this out. And I'm excited to think of new creative ways to do this because really when that, that young man told me that was like, okay, we've got to address this. You cannot shut down on your couch and watch somebody else doing something. That's not worship. Mm-hmm. Is a response. It's something happening right there in the moment. It's not something we watch somebody else do. Yeah, and there's got to be some way that what we're doing it is appears to be reality. Uh, if we if if we get so creative and so polished in our presentation that we look like something Hollywood produced, it it has a, a, a tendency to just look plastic and surreal. And someone sitting at home experiencing this it may may be tempted to think, well, that's great for them. They've got this great, beautiful thing, but I'm a just a regular person with a messed up life. And, and that's, I'll watch that because that's fun to watch, but I'll, I can never be a part of that. There has to be something real and vulnerable about it that makes people think I could be a part of that. I, I, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, there's so much to talk about and all of that. I I love this conversation. Um, One of the things I try to do as a worship leader is be aware of the fact that people are at home and encourage them to sing anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I have very specifically called out dads in our church and just said, hey, dad, if you're at home with your family and you guys are worshiping, your kids are going to do what you do. So would you just Mm -hmm. choose to model singing for for your sons and daughters, even if you're a bad singer? do it anyway, because it really isn't about how well you sing. It's about the, the one to whom we sing. And so I, I try, and I try to do that in diplomatic ways. Um, I've done it more like in, I've, I've actually sent emails to all the men in, in our ministry, in our church, and just try to encourage them that way rather than in front of their kids calling them out, you know, um, but really just encouraging, <laughs> Hey, you know, worship is not a passive thing to do. It, it, it requires activity. It requires engagement. This is something that you do. And, and so much, I'm so grateful that I'm a part of a church that's been teaching that before COVID so that when people were at home, it wasn't a new thing to try to convince them of. It was just continuing to mm-hmm. say the same thing. You know, worship is the, it's the work of the people. It's what you guys are doing. It's not what the preacher and the song leader are doing. It's what the church mm-hmm. does. And so being able to speak that into the um, online experience is really important and helpful, I think, and, and can help cross that bridge. The only other thing I'd say real quickly is, um, if you're consuming the worship gathering by taking it in from a screen, that's different from contributing to the worship gathering by being a part of the congregation. And when we call people to be consumers, they will gladly take that role. When we call mm-hmm. them to be contributors, then they will also gladly take that role. It just requires something more of them. And so we have to create the kind of experience they want to contribute to. And as a leader, that's that's so much a part of what we want to do. I think preachers do the same thing, by the way. I think the greatest preachers invite the listeners to contribute to their sermon. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. mean in the black tradition of preach on, tell it, come on, amen, although I love that. And we have some of that at Woodburn. But I mean, they, they require something of their listeners. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the listener becomes far more engaged and gets so much more out of it and then does so much more with it. So... Uh, yeah, if if we're thinking about thinking about filmmakers, then 
you know, the best films are the ones that we feel like we jump into the story with them mm-hmm. and we become a part of the story and we're a part of the cast and we're a part of what's going on. It's not something that we just sit back and consume. So that's, that's so good. And, and I hope so helpful. All right. This is probably going to have been a two-part episode because we've been going at it. You guys are so generous with your time and your <laughs> wisdom. Thank you so much. Bethany, was there anything else we needed to, to do before we wrap up? Uh, no, I'm just so grateful that we know such creative people who can talk so intelligently, practically, and spiritually, which is practical. Practi- spirituality is practical. Uh, so we we deeply appreciate um, both of you and for who you are, but we also deeply appreciate your perspective and your ability to communicate that in such a tangible way that people can actually use in their lives, an applicable way. So. Uh, our, our deepest gratitude to you both. Thank you so much. I would echo that and say, listener, if you've stayed with us, um, don't miss the next episode because we're about to have a conversation with Craig and Heather Bitterling about how to evangelize in the artistic community. And this is one of those under-discussed topics that I can't wait to have a discussion about and, and may serve you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. So check it out next time. So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. Um, real, like not the film church, the real church. And that's the way, that's the way we want to be as we just always want to be the real church. We just want to be all of the church God is calling us to be. So help us build a tribe, share this podcast with your friends, family members. Um, if you have pets that like to listen to podcasts, I'm just kidding. Uh, but just get word out, help us build a tribe of, of soul singing believers. And, and I think it's going to bring renewal to the church in ways that are going to it's just going to bless God and it's going to build his kingdom. So, um, you know, all the places to do all the things to do, help us rate, share, review, uh, all of those things. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.